Hi everyone, this episode will be all about Bitcoin. What is Bitcoin? What is the technology behind it? And what is the future of Bitcoin? Have fun. Welcome to The Blockchain Lawyer, a podcast on technology and law. Dennis Hilleman is an accomplished lawyer with over 13 years of experience and a passion for creating a better future through blockchain technology, cryptocurrency, and other disruptive innovations. All statements expressed in this podcast are the opinions of the host and his guests only and are in no way legal or financial advice. And now, here is your host, Dennis. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this new episode. Hey, before we head into the topic Bitcoin, would you do me a favor? And wherever you listen to this podcast on, like if you listen to it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, would you take the five seconds to rate my podcast? It would mean the world to me. I would really highly appreciate it. So anyhow, let's talk today about Bitcoin. There's a lot of guys out there who know what Bitcoin is, but there's also quite a few of my listeners who don't quite fully get it as of yet and ask me if Bitcoin is really a coin for the future still. And that's why I want to talk about Bitcoin. It's also a continuation of my last episode on Satoshi Nakamoto's white paper. If you haven't heard it, uh, just go and listen to it. It's, I think it's a pretty good summary of what the white paper is about. But today we want to talk about the coin that actually came out of it, and that's Bitcoin. So in order to explain Bitcoin, let's make a simple example. Um, let us imagine we're sitting on an island and there's water around us and we're sitting on a coconut tree. And one of the coconut falls down and into my hands. If I give it to you, I lose that coconut. It's gone from me. And you know that you got the exact coconut that I showed to you. That's normal peer-to-peer -peer trading. So let us imagine this all happens online and I give you a digital coconut. How could you know it's exactly that coconut that I promised to you? And how could you know that I don't just copy it and give that same digital coconut to a ton of people? How is it done on the internet? Um, it's done by intermediaries. We have banks involved. We have PayPal involved. We have credit cards involved. We avoid spending our money double time and making sure that you actually get paid for services or goods online by having someone in between who is a trusted third party who makes sure that whenever I pay something, I really have that money and it's paid for and it's valuable and I don't double spend my money all over the internet. So Satoshi Nakamoto, who was pretty much against the banking system as in 2008 with the financial crisis, promoted that we need a different pay-to-pay, -pay, a different payment system on a peer-to-peer -peer basis that would not make it necessary to have such third parties involved. And that's how he created the idea of Bitcoin and the whole involvement of a blockchain. If we go back to our coconut example, what we would need is a ledger, a ledger that keeps record of the transactions of my digital coconut. That's what blockchain is all about. It's a distributed ledger technology. If you don't, I don't want to go into all the details of blockchain again, but basically what blockchain has done, 
Thus, it keeps a record of transaction in a peer-to-peer -peer network that makes sure that I can only transfer my digital coconut once. And uh, it's a decentralized solution, so the blockchain data is not only stored on one computer, but instead of a network of nodes, which makes, which makes the blockchain pretty much immutable and secure. Nobody can change the whole blockchain on its own. Nobody can manual, manipulate just one computer and change the whole blockchain. If uh, that is what I always talk about, the greatest success story of a blockchain, the greatest benefit from blockchain technology is that it's immutable, that the transactions on it are transparent, and that it keeps record of all transactions in a chronological way, and therefore it's very, very safe. So that is where Bitcoin comes from. It's like now Satoshi Nakamoto said, hey, we need such a solution for digital payments so we, do, we don't need a third party involved anymore. It's like you can't cheat on the blockchain and on the Bitcoin blockchain. I can just I can't just send you like as many digital copies of my uh, coconuts as I want because there's only one digital coconut that I own. And um, if I want to like manipulate the whole blockchain and say, hey, no, I don't only have one uh, digital coconut. I have tons of it. And if a transaction didn't happen, I would have to go and manipulate like every, or at least the majority of nodes in the blockchain system. And that's pretty much impossible. So it's very, very tough system to beat. So Bitcoin, as we, as we look at it of today, is really an excellent idea because it fulfills the need of a complex system, not because it's a cryptocurrency, but because, because it has no owner. It has no authority that can decide on its fate. And it's owned by the crowd, by the people of using Bitcoin. And, I and it may, takes benefits from all the blockchain advantages of immutable network, of its transparency. And it makes it possible that transactions of money of a digital value on the Internet are safe, secure and recorded in an immutable way. That's what we that's what Bitcoin is like all about. So if we want to look at the phenomenon of Bitcoin, let's like look first of the name of the term Bitcoin. Uh, the word is composed of the terms bit and the word coin. Bit is a digital memory unit and coin, well, it stands for itself. It's a coin unit. Uh, Bitcoin is not no more and no less as a digital coin. It describes very well the essence. It's virtual money. The basic difference between cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and traditional money is that digital means of payment work completely independently of bank and states. Like if we look today at our money system, the so-called fiat currency system, we'll get into the term a little later. It's like controlled by central banks, like be it like the Bundesbank in Germany or a European central bank in Europe. Um, these banks decide about the money, about how much money there is and how the value of the money could evolve. We all know that problem from uh, the newspapers, like that the big important roles of the central bank's money. And for Bitcoin, there's no central authority. There's no central authority. There's just a Bitcoin and blockchain network. And that is why Bitcoin has a total different approach. It's, it allows peer-to-peer payments uh, without having uh, a bank in between. 
So let's look at the history of Bitcoin. And uh, I already told about that in, about, in my last podcast episode on Satoshi Nakamoto's white paper. Remember, he um, threw that white paper out in 2008, at November 1st. And the white paper is called Bitcoin, a peer-to-peer electronic cash system. And Satoshi led then also the uh, development of, of Bitcoin coming from that white paper, which only had like eight pages, eight pages that totally changed the world uh, of today. And that is where Bitcoin comes from. It was then released after um, the uh, white paper and uh, Satoshi led the development. And if you listen to my uh, last podcast episode, you know, Satoshi is like gone by today from we don't know where Satoshi is uh, by today. If you talk to blockchain experts, everybody will line out that Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency and it's actually a very simple technological system. Uh, First of all, let's go to the uh, term cryptocurrency. Uh, The word sounds a little mysterious, I think. Um, There's actually a pretty cool Twitter account that is called Bitcoin. It says like Bitcoin is magical internet money. I think that's hilarious. But actually the word uh, cryptocurrency uh, has like comes back from the term cryptography and that comes from the Greek language and means cipher. So it's like cipher and cryptocurrency and crypto cipher. It's like an encryption of information. And encryption is very important because Bitcoin and also other uh, altcoins, of course, are all about information security. Nobody should be able to manipulate the digital currency and therefore it is very complicated encrypted. That's the good part about Bitcoin, like it's and the whole Bitcoin blockchain. It's a very, very secure network. So why is Bitcoin on the blockchain? Why isn't there a central authority? Um, like I said, because Bitcoin wants to profit from the benefits of a blockchain technology. And the blockchain, it's so, it, it has a big use case here when it comes to cryptocurrencies, but because of a blockchain is like the cash box or like a journal of a cryptocurrency. In the terms of Bitcoin, like all Bitcoin transactions are recorded on the Bitcoin database. It is saved who has owned, when and how much crypto money and where it has been transferred. And that all encrypted. That is what the Bitcoin blockchain is all about. It's like a record. It saves here. This person, Dennis, has one Bitcoin and he has transferred this Bitcoin to his wife, Christina and so on and so on. Like this is how it works. That is what the Bitcoin blockchain is all about. It's actually a pretty simple technology in a, in a way. It, it saves in an immutable and secure way the transactions. And because it's like immutable, because it's secure and because it's transparent, there can only be one transaction of the one Bitcoin Dennis has. We don't need a third party involved anymore. That's the whole big advantage of Bitcoin uh, of the Bitcoin system and of the blockchain technology. And like that is why, like we talked about blockchain, we talked about the technology already in my very first episode of this podcast. But let's go just back. How does this whole network work? Like the inf- information is stored in individual blocks. And if such a block is full, it is sealed so that it cannot be changed after. When a new block is started, attached to the old one. And that is how the chain is created. And the special feature of a blockchain is not only stored on one computer, but on all computers in the Bitcoin network. Remember, there's a node, there's a network of nodes running the blockchain, also the Bitcoin blockchain. 
And that is how it is secured that not only one computer can change the whole blockchain system and like undermine the whole idea of the blockchain and the Bitcoin. That is why we need no central authority for the issue of coins. By convention, the first transaction in a block is a unique transaction that starts a new coin owned by the creator of a block. Participants of a network around the world are helping to secure the Bitcoin network without influence of banks or public sectors worldwide. As a reward, the so-called miners receive a reward in the form of Bitcoin shares. That is how new Bitcoins are created. What does it mean? Like, that is mining. Let us just like look at that. And I found a very good simple text that says how a Bitcoin is created. A Bitcoin is created through a process called mining. Through this is digital mining accomplished with computers and software rather than dynamite and shovels. Gold, you needed to mine with dynamite and shovels, but like Bitcoin, you do it with CPU power, a software and electricity. In order for a new block of transactions to be added to the blockchain, a burdensome math problem must be solved. And the miner who solves the problem first is rewarded with brand new Bitcoins. That's how Bitcoins are mined. That is how it works. Like if you are a miner in the Bitcoin network, you make, you make new Bitcoins by participating in a network creating new blocks and you are then rewarded with a new Bitcoins or like even some Bitcoins. If you are the first one to solve a mathematical problem and if a consensus system on the blockchain um, says, yes, this is the right solution, we accept it all and the block is added to the blockchain. So if you now just think, hey, cool, I can do Bitcoin mining, then that's probably not a good idea because you need a hell lot of CPU power today and a hell lot of electricity to solve the complex mathematical problems. And actually Bitcoin mining is done where, where, where electricity is cheap. For example, in Sweden, there's a lot of Bitcoin mining because it's, yeah, electricity is cheap there and it even comes from renewable energy. So it's also a good thing. Um, also, this is because the mining process of Bitcoin of today like needs so much energy. That is why Bitcoin miners are and the whole Bitcoin idea is very much under attack by uh, climate activists. I actually had an episode of that too if, uh, and asked if Greta Thunberg would like Bitcoin. You might want to listen to that too. I think it's just like something that happens with Bitcoin technology and it's not so bad if we can do it with renewable uh, energy. So now you can ask, okay, so if Bitcoin is mined by creating new blocks and adding them to the uh, Bitcoin blockchain, um, wouldn't there be like trillions and trillions of Bitcoins? And the answer is no, because when Bitcoin was created originally, back after Satoshi's, uh, Satoshi's white paper, the number of uh, Bitcoins is like limited. The In the end, there will be, there will be only 20 million Bitcoins. So Bitcoins are designed based on a decreasing supply algorithm. The number of new Bitcoins created will see a 50% reduction every 210,000 blocks until Bitcoin issuance had completely, had completely at 21 million. So after 20 million Bitcoins are mined, there will be no additional Bitcoins. It's over. So 
That is why some say, hey, since bitcoins are in limited supply, shouldn't the value generally tend to rise? We'll get into that. How do transactions work on the, on the blockchain system? It works with private key. A transaction is a transfer of value between Bitcoin wallets um, to, to own Bitcoin. To have a Bitcoin, you need a so-called wallet. So a transaction is a transfer of value between Bitcoin wallet that gets included in the blockchain. Bitcoin wallets keep a secret place of data collected, uh, have called, have data called a private key or seed, which is used to sign transaction, providing a mathematical proof that they have come from the owner of a wallet. So to send Bitcoin to a friend, you need a private key showing, yes, it's your signature, you are the owner, you can actually send it. The signature also prevents the transaction from being altered by anybody once it had been issued. As we also talked about, um, the transactions on the blockchain network, on the Bitcoin network are transparent. You can actually see that Bitcoin is sent from one wallet to the other making uh, also preventing the manipulation because if a transaction is transparent you can also see what happened and you can it's very hard to alter that and uh, this is how we can make sure that there's actually security on the bitcoin blockchain nobody can as coming back to my coconut example nobody can send 10 copies of one bitcoin because the transaction is transparent, because it's saved on the immutable blockchain, it will make sure you can only send what you have. You can only send one Bitcoin if you only have one Bitcoin. Coming back to my example, that digital coconut is unique because the Bitcoin blockchain is a distributed ledger system that's secure and immutable. We can make sure that every Bitcoin is unique in this sense. So every Bitcoin can only exist one time and cannot be copied and cannot be altered as, as people want. We, this system of Bitcoin payments is therefore what Satoshi wanted, a fast, secure and transparent pa payment system for people on a peer-to-peer -peer base that does not need banks or doesn't and does not need PayPal or credit cards involved. So that is why Bitcoin was a tremendous idea. And that is why Bitcoin has such a success story. So you're asking why is Bitcoin so much more valuable than all the other coins? That's a fair question. And the answer is pretty simple because it's so long around. It's so long there. Bitcoin has been launched in 2009. With just maximum of 21 million coins uh, compared to some other old coins where the old coin like Ripple has like a 100 billion coins. And there has been so much trading going on. So many people know about Bitcoin. So many people invest in Bitcoin. That's why Bitcoin of today is worth 8,300 euros. It's very volatile still. We'll talk about that. But... If you think of it, Bitcoin is just like so far ahead of all the other altcoins. They all play a giant game of catching up. Bitcoin is the number one coin. Um, if you look at the exchange, the value of other coins are often against, measured against Bitcoin. It's like the standard of cryptocurrencies like 
perhaps like the dollar in the fiat system. But in the end, Bitcoin is just like the number one game in the cryptocurrency market. If you go to coinmarketcap.com, um, you can see how much worth other cryptocurrencies are and what's the market cap of the cryptocurrencies, meaning like if all coins and the value added up together uh, are summed up, what's, the, what's their worth? And for Bitcoin, it's nearly $150 billion. That is what all Bitcoins in the world that are circulating at this point are worth. $150 billion. And people just sometimes even ask me even why I'm a lawyer and I have no idea about cryptocurrency investment really. What will happen to Bitcoin in 20 years? And that's a fair question. First of all, we need to understand that Bitcoin is a digital currency. It's virtual money. So there's no value in the real world behind it. There's no gold behind it. There's never, there's nowhere, there's a Bitcoin bar in it stored in a bank or anything. So what could happen? What could really happen is that the Bitcoin value goes to zero because it all is based on the value that people measure to Bitcoin by trading it. That is what Bitcoin is based on the value that people measure against it. That is what we need to keep in mind. That is why Bitcoin is so volatile, because there is no value in the real world. There's a lot, everything depends on trading of how many people want to have Bitcoin and trade it. That is why the Bitcoin price can go up to $20,000 like it did at the end of 2017, and then also go back what it did in the last one and a half years then to $3,300. Like it can go, it can lose like nearly 70% of its value. Today again, Bitcoin is up again to $8,300. But it was at nearly $13,000 a couple of weeks ago. Maybe in one or two months, it will be up at $20,000 again. We don't know that. That's how it works, the whole system. Of course, there will be like Bitcoin gurus who say that, hey, Bitcoin, the whole blockchain is so important. People will use Bitcoin as a form of um, to to prove that transaction have begun, to prove that we will save these transaction on the Bitcoin network. And then why the real value for Bitcoin with only 21 million Bitcoins in the end will be around $100,000. Some even will say it might go up to $1 million. All possible, I can't say that because I can't look into the future. Um, some say, hey, today the Bitcoin market cap is at $150 billion. If Bitcoin is something like virtual gold, if Bitcoin is the coin that people go to in the cryptocurrency market, then they want to go away from the very volatile altcoins and have their money saved in a very stable, co very stable coin compared to other cryptocurrencies. Then they will put their money into 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 Bitcoin. So Bitcoin will be the virtual gold. And they say if that happens, and we if we're with the gold market has a market cap of about 
seven trillion dollars when bitcoin is far beyond that market cap and the real value of bitcoin if the whole market if the whole economy accepts in the end cryptocurrencies and the virtual market behind that if bitcoin has this standard then then maybe the bitcoin market cap will go from 150 billion dollars to seven trillion dollars meaning it will it will like uh, go be like nearly 70 times as high as of today that is why they come from like one bitcoin could be worth four hundred thousand five hundred thousand dollars others of course say hey bitcoin is bitcoin is so much worth has it's like eight thousand three hundred dollars yet one bitcoin transaction is pretty expensive already so there will never be a total mass adoption of bitcoin as well as maybe like with other coins like ripple ether or neo so bitcoin might actually lose value in the end because other altcoins are adopted and people maybe don't need bitcoin anymore that's another point in the cryptocurrency system that some say no the dominance of bitcoin will shrink because there will be no mass adoption of bitcoin and that's why the bitcoin value will go down compared to other altcoins also possible and then the third part then of course there are the third parties they say hey the bitcoin value is only based on what people believe and it's a bubble and any bubble can plop if people say we don't trust anymore bitcoin we don't believe it anymore the whole value the whole money that you put into a very valuable coin could go down to zero the whole bubble can trust because there's no actual value behind it there's no value like in fiat currencies um dollars euros they are called fiat currencies and because that it comes from a latin term fiat uh, like to be there because you can have dollar bills you can have euro bills you can have dollar coins euro coins that is fiat currency you can have that in your hand but saying that bitcoin is just virtual and therefore fiat currency which is actually there has a different value i think that's not right i personally do not think that's not right first of all why has the dollar this value because we as a country as people attributed that value you can go into a shop and buy something with from it um how can how can anybody guarantee that's still the case in 10 years the second thing also the dollar is in many ways virtual because there are maybe like 10 trillion dollars out there i read that number today i don't know if that's true but it sounds reasonable but only about one trillion dollars is actually available in bills or coins one trillion the other nine trillion dollars that are out there circulating are just in banks accounts they don't they are not there in bills or coins so isn't the dollar in that way a virtual money too i can say that it's just a thought i want to give you on the way so i don't know what will come out of bitcoin if that whole idea is that satoshi had will become true and if the value of a bitcoin will be as high as we just talked about 
But nonetheless, Bitcoin is a total success story. It came out of eight papers of a white paper and has today a value of over 8,000 euros. It created a new payment method. It created the cryptocurrency market. It implemented a total new idea, a transaction, transactions worldwide without participation of third parties. And it aims to democratize the whole payment system. That is why Bitcoin, regardless of what you think and regardless of how important you think it actually is, it of course did something. It changed the world. And for that, we should be thankful for Satoshi Nakamoto. And it will be super exciting to see what will come out of Bitcoin in the future. Thank you. And I hope you enjoyed this little ep episode again. And I'll See you on this podcast next time. Bye for now. If you want to learn more about Dennis, please visit his website, theblockchain.lawyer, or connect with him on LinkedIn or Twitter. Until next time, everyone. 